Hello and welcome to episode 10 of AngelCast with me, Adam. And me, Andy. Um, we are going to be talking a little bit today about uh, some games we've had of Age of Sigmar 3 and where we're at in kind of uh, list design. Um, and then we're probably going to talk a bit about some upcoming... Stuff. Stuff. Events? Events? I guess there's an event. Um, yeah. Barnhammer the Third. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. Um, and we've done a bit of hobby too, despite the heat. What is it currently? 29.7 degrees. That's inside. <laughs> In Down flat. two degrees from half an hour ago. Yeah. It's like a greenhouse in this flat, but, you know, that's great. Um, so we're going to take a water break and see you after this. Welcome back in match play. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about how we felt after Barnhammer 2. Um, you were playing mostly with your Nighthorn. Yeah, so I, I did a game, like a multi-arm funsy um, scaven game, which I left feeling that it didn't do anything it needed to and it was kind of fun, but it didn't go anywhere. This was um, the brood horror list. This was this was the brood horror list. Well, it had a brood horror in it, so it was kind of a brood horror and some rat ogres and a bit of this and a bit of that. And it just wasn't focused enough to really do much. Yeah. Um, and then I played with Nighthorn. And when we spoke about Barnhammer 2 and I um, on the previous cast um, I was a bit kind of well, I'm not sure this works um, but upbeat that we could figure it out and we did some theory crafting afterwards about how 15 cavalry go into a into a monster and the answer is they don't yeah you've got a big problem with coherency yeah. immediately like beyond beyond the actual damage output which is perhaps lower than you want it to be anyway but the the main issue is you physically can't do it yeah, so there was two things that made 15 hex rates good. The first one was buffing them twice in the combat phase. Was that a stacking command yeah, point? So it was a plus one attack and um, plus one to hit, I think. Can't and both of those were command abilities. I think so, yeah, mm. from off the top of my head. Um, and you now can't do that because um, you can only use one command ability per, on, on a unit. Yeah. The main thing is you cannot coherently put 15 models onto a monster base. So Even when, a really big monster. <clears throat> even like an arcade, it just doesn't work. Yeah. It just yeah. fundamentally doesn't work. You end up with these weird shapes. Yeah. And even if you get them all in, in a weird, in a weird way, if you lose a model, then you lose models in sets of three because they yeah. you break coherence with the two end models and then you... So and if, you if any one, you lose three. if anything can take out an individual model it's a monster yeah. and you have to get there by deploying around the whole thing it's very yeah. hard to slide out to it yeah because of the way it, so it basically means I, I, in my humble opinion because i'm like the mega expert player a on this podcast and b in the in the <laughs> in the game math I'm being, oh yeah do you sense my sarcasm and um, i don't see how you can run cavalry bigger than units of five in aos3 so I guess an obvious fix would be something that people have been calling out for since the beginning of Age of Sigmar 1, which is if you're going to have actual reach measurements on weapons, cavalry should have reach 2 on lances. Obviously that wouldn't necessarily help out this example of hex rates, but you would be able to slightly stagger a second rank and fight if you had 2-inch reach with, for example, um, uh, Blood Knights. 
I just had a Maybe random, they have it. I just had a random thought actually. Yeah. What if your coherency was based on the maximum reach of your weapon? That would make sense, but it would mean that the pikes in um, uh, yeah. Lumineth would cover the daft. entire yeah. board with <laughs> ten models, which but would be a bit. Shit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it needs something. If it, I mean, look, it, the game doesn't need it, right? I mean, yeah. you really need units of fifteen cavalry, and we discussed it and said, oh, you could you could make a cavalry type and give cavalry type a two inch coherency yeah and then all cavalry could run in 15s but then you'd run 15 blood knights and it would break the game yeah. as opposed to 15 hex race which in my world is fun but isn't necessarily the best thing in the game sure right? yeah i've just looked up the blood knights and yeah the templar lance or blade has a one inch reach well hex race which, a one inch reach as well but the yeah, point but, is is maybe you give them all two inch reach and then yeah. you say well i was just checking as to what because obviously the soul blight grave lords and new models for them considering that the new models with pikes for the Lumina have the actual length of the weapon yeah. as the reach <clears throat> it's a bit strange that the new Blood Knight War Scroll still has a one inch reach for their lances yeah, it's, it? it's not consistent and it's also six years late Shocker. I'm very shocked as well <laughs> um, so Cav, Cav are dead yeah so it's unfortunate because that list was predicated on large units that grow back so you could run, you could absolutely run a hex wraith army with loads of five hex wraiths in it. Sure. But the healing wouldn't work because the units would just die and not come back. Because yeah. they don't resummon, they just heal. Yeah. There's no resummoning in, in Nighthawk. Yeah. If a unit's gone, it's gone. If a unit's gone, it's gone. No grave sites. Um, and so you have to rework the whole army. And to be fair, I've got a lot of Nighthawk painted, so I could re-enter the near the list. I have a vague recollection of that. Yeah. I did paint some of it myself. Yeah, you did. Um, That's why you have so much, because yeah. you paid me to do an army. You'd already got some, and yeah. then we did the hex race. Um, but the other problem with hex race is, with the possible exception of Mongols, if you want to go that way, old forge word model, or allying a giant, mm -hmm. a, a sun, whatever they call, Mega Gargan. You've got no monsters other yeah. than other than Metamorphosis. Fair, but you you don't have a lot of monsters. Yeah, and as we've discovered in recent games, that actually makes it quite difficult to score points. Did you like my segue there? Yeah, I did. It was very clever. Um, slightly undercut by calling it out. But. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, we we have been playing, and so you've. Um, you, you've gone back to Skaven. I've gone back to my first love. So in, interestingly, so I painted up Skaven in eighth. It was my first ever, well, first ever returning army, having played it as a kid. Um, and I finished my two towers army just in time to go to a tournament and then have AOS one drop. Um, got super excited about it in AOS one because I was like, this is perfect. This is how Skaven should play. You should have Skaven slaves at the front, and then clan rats, and yeah. then stormbird, and then and then weapon teams, and everything just rolls forward. And then then they brought proper rules into the game and made battle line and had scenarios that meant you actually had to keep your clan rats alive. Boo. Um, it's not what they're for. I want to make them dead. Um, so it, and there were some cool battalions at the very 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 start that they killed quite quickly that were quite cool that are now back in again with weapon teams jumping out of teams and stuff. Yeah. And so when the new Skaven book came out, I did actually legitimately look at it then and I was like, oh, I, I, I didn't, to be fair, I didn't dig into the book in great detail. And I, I just looked at it and I was like, oh, I need to make Storm Vermin. And I think we've discussed before, I've got a bit of a mental block on, not Storm Vermin, Storm Fiends. Yeah. I've got a bit of a mental block on them, which is random and I should just get past it. 
It's like, it's like the fact I can't buy umbrellas. It's just one of those weird things. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, so after the Nighthorn escapade at Barnhammer 2, we sat down over a couple of beers on the Saturday night and we're like, okay, what can we, what works? What can we make work? A, with what I've got, but also what would be fun. Yeah. And, and we said, well, you know, you want to take a vermin lord because they're great. And what's the best vermin lord? Screech, allegedly. Oh, but actually, there are ones that are more expensive than Screech, even though we think Screech is better. So you could argue that's nice. And then it was like, well, Fangorn's cool. So Fangorn goes in. Fangorn's great. And also, cool. zooming out, I'm going to talk a bit about Gotrek later on and how dumb it is. If Gotrek's in the game, you have to be running Fangorn if you're a Skaven player. That's fair because you can make you could even though as we discussed <laughs> you, you don't want the fight. Gotrek doesn't even kill himself. Yeah, <laughs> but you want him in the list. Oh yeah, you definitely want him in the list. So it's those two, and then it's like, well, I've got a bell painted, and I like the bell, and every time I use it, it's crap. But everyone else thinks they're great. Although to be fair, three bells is not the same as one bell. Um, but I've never, ever, ever summoned a vermin lord. So at some point, my luck will change. Oh my god! And you didn't against me. Yeah. So that's broken the curse. Hopefully, well, it's broken your curse. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's the first time I've played against Skaven since the new book came out, and someone hasn't summoned a vermin lord turn oh, one. Really? And you didn't do it in any turn. Yeah, and your bell was the last model alive. Indeed. I should have rolled the double six. I should have yeah. rolled the two dice for turns four and five just to see if they were double sixes roll them now no, it's not right. I'm going to go keep, find some dice <laughs> um, so it was a bell and then it was like oh well then what else do we put in it and it's like 20 clan rats 20 clan rats I like storm vermin so it's 20 storm vermin and then you've got kind of four or five hundred points left-ish and I was like I want some shooting ward lining cans are good but they're a bit expensive and they don't fit into the numbers so I put six Giselles in because I've got three Giselles painted three in a box and then if you're running Giselles, it's kind of nice to have an engineer with them to buff the Giselles. That was pretty yeah. tasty in the game. And you have a really nicely painted Ikit Claw, so it's an excuse to use him. So it, it all fits together, and then you're left with enough points for something, and what do you put in? And it turns out, to an extent, at least positionally, even though he didn't, he didn't actually even make one attack, we put <laughs> a Claw Lord in. And he was pretty cool. I mean, <clears throat> I want to talk about the game, because there was some coolness going on. Um, I'll probably talk a bit about my list iterations after we talk about the game, yeah, just sure. to split up a wall of talking about lists. Um, before we do that, what did you take artifact-wise and why? It's a good question, because I'm not really entirely sure, um, <laughs> because we discussed artifacts and builds, and then I think in the end, I, I confused myself and ended up not really you using it. You had a anything. scroll of some kind? I had kind. a Warp Storm scroll, yeah. which is great. I mean, the first time I used a Warp Storm scroll was in 2014 mm -hmm. at South Coast GT yep. and it was my first ever event I was nervous of going so I, I actually emailed Dan and, and said can I just come as spare player I don't really want to screw up anyone's games so I went as spare player and got randomly drawn against Chris Tomlin in the first game oh cool and he was he was running his mini frost heart list yeah 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 I remember it so so he was like oh yeah I'm a spare player whatever blah blah what have you got and I'm like oh I've got all this is okay fine <laughs> and like he pushes his phoenixes into me yeah um, and I'm going to get the rule wrong but I'll try and get as close as I can and, I, and I'm like okay cool so, you, so you're in you're into me now and you're going to charge me and you've killed some of those planets he's like yeah yeah come on then and I'm like okay I use my warp storm scroll you can't. and he's like what does that do and I was like oh it does um, d3 damage to every unit within this distance he's like okay and it does d6 against flying he's like 
<laughs> so I killed uh, two Frostop Phoenixes in the first turn, one in the second, and and the anointed. The Frostop was killed from underneath the anointed, and the anointed ran away, and he won the game because I didn't kill the anointed before the end of the game. This is eighth then, because he climbed, climbed off the bird. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So I have somewhat of an affection for Warp Storm Scrolls. Yeah, I bet. Um, and they're pretty good now as well. It turns out in MSU because yeah. it does more or less the same thing. It's D three wounds. I think it's a four. Well, up. It's a massive multiplier if you're against three units of five instead of a unit of fifteen, yeah, and you're doing massive, right? thrice as much damage. So that's definitely I, that. That would be in every army I take because it's just yeah. fun apart from anything else. Um, it's a nice multiplier on the bell because you put it on the on the grey seer. Yeah. And then to the so that's my first artifact, first time and always. The three main the three monsters all have a five up anyway. Ooh, disgusting. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, Adam, Adam, that's disgusting. So, um, and then um, so then what do I take? And we kind of debated it. I I think in the, what we need to figure out because we don't know is if you take the extra spell enhancement. Does Screech get to choose Flaming Weapon? Yeah, I, d I have no idea. I don't know. I can't follow it. Because he's denied a second spell because yeah. he's not allowed the Law of Ruin specifically. Because he's says a that. demon, not a Skaven. Because he's a demon, not a Skaven. Um, but does that mean he can pick a universal spell? Simon Frohley seemed to think he can, but I need to put it out on Twitter and see what people say. So so that that's probably the other artifact, is that Flaming Weapon, because that's pretty, pretty stonky one. Is flaming weapon not a spell? Yes. So oh, but it's an enhancement. enhancement sorry, an artifact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's can you put an enhancement on a unique character? And I think you can give them the spells, but I'm not sure. I think it's in the FAQ. Actually. I think you can. Yeah. But God knows. I mean, my question was about priests, and then I, I reread the priest war scroll, and I was like, oh, I already have a D3 heal, so it's not a question I need an answer to. <laughs> or I would have pursued it by now. Yeah. Um, cool. And you had a battalion of some kind. I took the one that gives you the artifact and the CP, which I forgot to use. Yes. And then the choice, the debate, the big. Well, debate. you say you forgot to use it, but you didn't. I never. You didn't out. end a turn yeah. with I, zero I, I, command points. So. I did once, but I didn't have cause to use one. You wouldn't have needed an additional one. Um, so there's maybe a question about without stealing a single command point with cunning, which is also disappointing. Yeah, I but mean, I did roll lots of fives and sixes. There were so some fives and sixes there in that game. Some fives and sixes in the game. Yeah. There were several what? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so we were playing the Vice, which I think is a super cool scenario. Oh, it's, nice, yeah. it's really fun. Um, length, lengthwise deployment, so probably not one to run at events at the moment because of social distancing. Okay. I think I think if I was to run a, an event that wasn't kind of in a tent somewhere or in a large barn space, I think it was in your typical event hall, I wouldn't be running like this side of Christmas. I don't think I'd be running any that run that way around just because Reasonable. you if, Pushes people if there's three tables yeah, in a row, I just think you're getting in people's space too much to, to run around. And it's very conscientious. Yeah. Um, but it was mega cool. So you start out with uh, eight objectives on the table. Four. I just marked them up so we didn't have to worry about where they were. There's eight at the start, because there's four on your side and four on my side and one in the middle. There's, there's four. Yeah. And then those four move it in. Oh, so you only score the external ones yeah. initially. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's four, then four, then one, uh, which is fun. And it has that kind of typical um, 
Age of Sigmar 3 thing of you score a point for one objective, a point for more than one objective, which I think is really... I think it's, more, I think it's score one for one, one for two. It's No, it's more than one. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is why it's cleaner, because if you have two or three and there's six available, you're not guaranteed to get the one for majority. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's just easier, and it means that the wording's the same across multiple yeah. uh, scenarios, which is cool. Uh, and then, obviously, two points available for your battle tactics, which we were, which we've still been pretty good at. But I wonder how much of that is we're having friendly games and figuring it out, and are kind of like, what do you think I should do this turn? And like actually like having a discussion player to player about what tactically we might do. So I'm I'm interested to see in a competitive environment. Yeah, what that takes on. We're, we're in the process of ordering a bunch of tokens, aren't we? Because I think you need something to manage these things, otherwise you're just going to forget them. Absolutely, and it also not not even forgetting to use them, but actually having used Seeing them. Seeing what they are, they get complicated, yeah. and like there are things that you can activate that have similar in-game effects. So if you've got multiple of the same war scrolls, my list does two frost lords on Stonehorn. They've both got plus one to hit, for example. Yeah. Remembering why is quite important because you can only do their finest hour once per monster so you need to know which one you've done it on and which one's taken the command ability etc um so that that's that's pretty key we're ordering those from uh pro painted um and they look pretty cool so check out pro painted studios i guess yeah um yeah uh yeah so we i think i gave away the turn no Just, you went first did i actually go ah so I was planning on giving away the turn, which I typically do with Beast Claw Raiders, um, but just because I think just because we were playing a bit casually, you were slightly out of range to shoot with your Giselles turn one. So I thought, well, he could move into position and shoot me, or I can use this as an opportunity to just score ferocious advance and jog on the spot with three monsters. Jog on. <laughs> so I did that, and I, I kind of cynically moved everything else up. So I thought, cleverly to just outside of shooting range but closer to your army to, and to be clear you measured it to make sure that a vermin lord base yeah. could not get onto the backboard edge yeah i wanted to avoid skitter leap in round one and so i measured nine inches from stuff and shoved it a bit further forwards and of course what you can do is cast it on a claw lord who's on a 32 my so. little job <laughs> my little hero guy well what i what i'd actually done is i'd set up to deny anything on the backfield yeah. and then in turn one i moved to deny a vermin lord yeah. and uh, so and Andy's first turn very cleverly became cast metamorphosis on the engineer yes and run it next to Thanquil and uh, Screech to also do ferocious advance which is just super cute because I only have two monsters in the list yeah so the bonus point scored uh, for the battle tactic is really really nice from metamorphosis I think um yeah, very funny. Um, and then you skitter leaped the uh, claw lord onto my back right objective, and I went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> my little creak. Yeah, yeah, because I could have been two points up on that right if you hadn't got metamorphosis oh, yeah. off. You were only getting two for the battle yeah, tactic, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, yeah. So um, that was that was super cute. I thought turn one was um, so, and Andy went kind of six five up straight away, and I was like, "Huh, okay." And as a, as a bit of foreshadowing, I also placed him in a position where he was seven inches away from an ore hole. Because I, yeah. I put the ore holes into your backfield. The, the, play, the play with the ore holes and the play with Skitterleap was, was pro. I really enjoyed it. And it, 
like having a mixed arms Skaven list like that, like obviously narratively I would have liked that to have been like a Deathmaster or an assassin or something, but like the Clawloid hopping about and just being a total fucking nuisance was brilliant. Oh, it was really funny. Um, yeah, so kind of. I mean, so narratively, the whole point was it's like Queen's like, I'm gonna go and get those guys, and they and they and the Gracie was like, Yeah, go get them. <laughs> Have fun. And he's like, What? Oh, there's a no hole. I'm gonna run for it. Yeah. It runs for the hole. This is turn two now. Yeah. Runs for the hole. So you double turn me. Uh, no, you had priority for turn two. No, I double turned you. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so I scored points on you in turn one. Yeah, and won then the turn priority. two, Queek's, Queek's on the backboard going, well, this isn't much fun by myself over here. There's freaking loads of more. Super there. glad you rolled that five, Andy. They're, they're going to absolutely rinse me in a second, even though he's got plus three attacks from from his command trait. Yeah, but, but not if he's dead first. Yeah, he's not going to survive the charge. So he's like, screw this for Game of Souls. He's like, going to jump in that gnaw hole. <laughs> so he jumps in the gnaw hole and pops up in the midfield, equidistant from Fanquil and two, two Stonehorns. Stonehorns. <laughs> One of which was Beast Riders, to be fair. I mean, he was having a bad day. He was having a bad day. Like, he, he was, it was kind of a very, um, having been watching Loki, it was kind of like popping through a portal and going, this is worse! <laughs> <laughs> this is not where I want oh, to be. This is another end of the world environment for me right now. <laughs> Where's that nice line of 40 clan rats that were previously stood in front of me? But it was definitely, I mean, I, I honestly don't consider myself to be a good player. But I, it would rank in one of my genius plays. It was great. It completely screwed with my movement and um, the way that I thought the terrain was really nice. Um, it didn't didn't play into my favor. I don't think it particularly played into yours if you'd been aggressive. But it just mixed it up. Having having yeah having big terrain that you kind of like. And I played a few games down at club with like the storm vault terrain and having the measure like without a flying army at this point. So like the big difference like in terms of planning movement with the ogres compared to with Draconis or Gristlegore. Yeah, e even with like the parallax of the flying having to actually measure diagonally if you want to go onto something. Now you're losing a bit of movement, but yeah, losing three inches to go up and down and as part of a charge as well is like it's pretty huge. So I'm very much playing around those kind of major like uh area taking up pieces so you have you know you have the there was a uh, like a gloom what is it a gloom tide shipwreck is that the, yeah. the thing so we got one of those as part of the terrain which is really cool pink fish magic fish um and so using using that and then the storm bolt and then there's just this claw leader in the middle and you can't move within three of him obviously so my two stone horns want to move up and get into the clan rats to go and punch thankwell out you had to go around the Claw Lord. I rolled decent enough charges, but his just being there prevented that being splashing mortal wounds into Thankwall and like clearing the clan rats and taking one of your big pieces out super early on. Because we figured out that the um, Unleash Hell is probably actually less good than you think with someone like not uh, not with him, but against army. against a single model. Yeah. Against your army, against the monster, Thankwall's shooting attack is just not that worthwhile. If you, yeah. It's lucky if you get a couple of mortal wounds. He rinses it's a horde killer. It's yeah. a horde killer. So it'll be interesting to see in a few months how much um, hordes exist. Gisales, yeah, even on fives, is quite good. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt very justified for. I've been I've been really thinking in general with the Beast Claw Raiders about what tribe they fit into in Age of Sigmar Three. I was very much playing Blood Gullet um, on TTS and with a couple of games I got in of Age of Sigmar Two at the end of the season. Um, 
I felt like I might be leaning towards Boulderhead or even Thunderbellies for the extra movement potential uh, and the run and charge on the flanks for Mournfang, particularly with the smaller board sizes, like that 12-inch corridor. Like You're looking at nearly, um, nearly a third of the board, and you're just like, cool, I'll go where I want. Um, you're not far off half the board, actually, um, which you can run and charge through with your units that you're using to flank anyway. So Thunderbellies look pretty exciting. I have to say... The healing in Blood Gullet. It's off the charts. Man, like, particularly when there's clan rats around, so there's something to kill. Like, yeah, because I was taking some heavy rain from shooting. But three up save, five up bounce, just about keeps you I mean, in I there. pretty much killed your general and he just came back. He only ever took eight out of 13, so. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, it looks like a lot because I use big counters for it, but um, he was another salvo away from being dead. I think if I'd, if you'd continue to hold priority, if I hadn't doubled you, yeah, if you hadn't doubled, so me. yeah, yeah, so exactly. So and Andy held, Andy went second in turn one and won the priority, and then I did that in turn two into three, yeah. which was massive because it meant that I, could, I shouldn't I have given, I shouldn't have taken the double in that second turn. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other the other incredible thing, of course, for Blood Gullet is healing D three in the opponent's hero phase is also massively annoying. Um, I consistently yeah, rolled ones for that. Three up, three up. Sorry, three up, five up is like, is like when you get D three wounds back and it's a yeah. three. It's massive. I struggled to get the prayer off from the Huskard until later in the game. I basically took a load of damage and then a lot of my monsters were pretty severely injured until turn four. And then I won the priority for a second turn, so it was I go, you go, I go, you go. And I got prayers, I killed clan rats, I healed with the splatter cleaver, suddenly everything had D3 healing. It was it was bad time for you. It was sad. It was sad. Um, I think it was a game I was going to struggle to win. I, I think I, other than taking the double turn one, I don't think I should have. I think I played it quite well. The bell was lackluster. Um, Screech was not effective. I need to think. I mean, he failed the charge with him. Failed, so failed lost the charge. So you lost a whole then, turn. And then of... I had the wrong ability up because I went three turns. Because I went my turn and then your two turns. Yeah. With the wrong ability up. I so you had, had the mortals three. on sixes. I had the mortals on sixes, which is a, a mortal wound or two, whereas ren three on six attacks. Is and I dodge a third of them. Yeah. So I should have. I, I should have put the ren three on. And as an in, if nothing else, is that the same? Is the that the same in-game cost to do? Yeah. All oh, right. Well, yeah. So you get, 100%. you get. So there's six abilities. Yeah. And you get to use one one each one once. Okay. You 100 percent should have been red three against the Stonehorn. Putting it on six up five up is. I didn't. I pretty didn't strong. Plan ahead and think a about the fact that I would have it in your turn as well, and b that you might double me. You'd have wiped out the um, Mornfang. Probably. They have a four up save, so yeah. with the Ren three, just you just take the unit out. And they have a pretty low bravery. Yeah. So that's lessons. I need learned, to right? I need to learn to use him better. Yeah, one of my takeaways. So I was I was running a unit of four Mornfang um, with the Gargant Hackers. Um, the kind of internet wisdom for Age of Sigmar two was that you run the Culling Clubs, uh, Prey Hackers, and the kind of bouncy Iron Fist Shields that they have that do a mortal wound back on a on a six to save. Um, the reason you would run the extra attacks, lower damage weapons before was that they fit into the Yerlbad Battalion, which any roll of a six, uh, any unmodified roll of a six to hit with any attacks from anything in the battalion did an additional mortal wound in damage. 
so the extra tax was way better than the rend one so the internet wisdom at the moment is well you go down from three attacks to two attacks and take the gargant hackers they've got reach three uh, reach two sorry uh rend one threes and threes so they're you know they're pretty solid um maybe they're fours and you use all out attack but they're, they're hitting pretty consistently uh and then they're damage three but rend one is terrible and you will miss one out of two attacks. So I, I hadn't remodeled them, and I'm kind of glad that I haven't. I think I'm. That's one game, right? And dice happen, and you can't really get a good idea. And I of saved it. like an absolute hero. You did, and like rend one is is okay, and obviously it forces you to use the CP, I guess. Um, but I just wasn't as like. I'd rather have more attacks that you could fail the saves for doing two damage than like you save both of the things that go through at three damage. Like, there's no point. In it's that. like we were, we were talking about tyrants and stuff, right? It's the difference between having twenty attacks that do twenty damage and five attacks that do twenty damage. Yeah. If your opponent rolls lucky on the saves, doesn't matter how good the hero is. If he if he rolls a couple of sixes, yeah. the damage isn't going through. And this is where historically stuff like Durthu massively falls down and Alariel massively falls down. If you're reliant on doing a flat six damage or five damage, you're going to have. You have to pray it goes through. But you're going to you are going to have a really important combat phase per tournament. Maybe it will win you a game, but there will be one combat phase per tournament where Durthu doesn't get an attack through. Yeah. Like you can go to Ren three in a couple of builds, but Ren even Ren two with damage six, like I would much rather that Durthu had thirty six attacks that do one damage. Well, a classic example, right? I, I did um, set up attacks with the with the three Gisales, um re-rolling to hit, and out of the six dice I rolled, I rolled four ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was that kind of game, actually. I think we both had dice that swung hugely in both directions. The, the only thing that felt kind of consistently average was my charges. I yeah. think all of my charges were either you six... You were in with an inch or two to spare. They were all either six, seven, or eight. I don't think I rolled. Um, I don't think I had to re-roll a charge because I I had to re-roll one charge that I failed. You no, you re-rolled one charge that you didn't fail, but you wanted more. Okay. And you ended up with less. I ended up with less, and but it was still fine because you were right. I was three, three away and had plus or... one, so it was fine. Um, but other than that, it was kind of like sixes, sevens, and eights, and you roll a lot of charge dice with uh, ogres, so that was pretty consistent. Um, I'm I'm feeling underwhelmed by um, the damage output in a way. If your damage output, yeah, well, I died quite quick. Yeah, but you're Skaven and you have like a five up save, and your dudes have one, one wound. Yeah. Like you still had models on the board turn four, and if you'd taken the turn, you would have killed the stuff. But that, that that's the kind of slightly mythical clan rat resilience right it's just it's, yeah. it's 20 models right 20 this wounds is it. 20 wounds it's why I've historically come unstuck against Skaven at tournaments because big monsters kind of go oh I'll kill them they're just battle yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, you don't yeah it's the debate I mean the, the storm vermin were great right yeah they were they amazing actually, they, they hit hard throughput, right? I really like them there was one point where I rolled 13 attacks and 8 of them went through and landed reach 2 as well I mean we did subsequently realise that actually I don't read war scrolls well enough and he should have been minus one to hit because of the uh icy whatever around the thunder tusk <clears throat> but they were they were quite good but then the debate is do you spend 220 points on 20 storm vermin or 260 points on 40 rats the 40 rats 
are a barrier that's hard to get through. I think both have a place, though. Actually, do some damage. I think that's why I really like your list. So there's two. The battle line is two units of twenty clan rats and one unit of twenty storm vermin. Which means you've got you've got two squishy anvils and one that's a bit more hammerish. Yeah, but the anvils aren't even that squishy, right? Because you're immune to yeah. battle shot near the bell. And the Skaven are four up until they're less than ten models. And like, how often in games do you kill 16, 17 clan rats? Great. There's still three standing there. So, in so my turn, in my turn, I'm not moving and charging. Yeah. I'm killing three clan Which rats. Which is massive for me. With like a, yeah, it's huge. So, like, ultimately, if I put a 430-point monster into a unit that's cost you, what, 220 points? Yeah. If it takes me two turns to kill them, they have paid for themselves. And with the weight of attacks, you probably chipped a couple of wounds as well. Um, which sure you can heal back but like you've got to heal them back um, I really like it I think the, the mixed arms Skaven list of your 8th edition dreams is is a reality and um, this isn't to kind of poo poo anyone who's like written the other really good Skaven list I personally would be running Storm Fiends if I was playing Skaven yeah I, I get like the list to, but I, I, I prefer list I prefer your list as a Skaven army conceptually um, I mean, the reason I liked Nighthawk was because it had some tricks and it was fun to push around the board and it was resilient, so it feels like I would get a game out of it because yeah. I just wouldn't die in a puff of smoke, which is what the Spirit Host, not Spirit Host, Shrieker Host did when I was yeah. playing that Nighthawk list. Um, this is janky, right? So doesn't have what Lightning Vortex, shocker, right? Doesn't have nine Storm Fiends. Doesn't have any endless spells, in um, fact. Doesn't have any endless spells, but it's just, it's versatile. And yeah. it's fun. And I said to you afterwards, like, I could go to a tournament and lose five games with it, and I would still have fun. And I would like to think my opponent would still have fun. Which brings me on to the kind of talking about the scoring that we wanted to do. Um, you got definitely four of your battle tactics. Yeah. If we'd played turn five. The fifth it, was swingy. It was late. And How was, good are my saves on the bell? It was late, and the night before we were driving back to London from Coventry, so we didn't play out turn five because it was just a bunch of combats that didn't need to happen because mathematically the major conditions were fulfilled um but you could on dice rolls have got five out of five of your um battle tactics um i had four i and i i had four and if you had got your fifth i wouldn't have got my fifth yeah so it was slay the warlord and andy had to preserve a wizard and it was the bell that was left um so like that was huge that would have got you a grand strategy as well yeah um, so I mean there's a huge amount of points taking from a mixed arms list in my opinion Yeah. particularly where you have two monsters and the ability to make, make a third, third for the, the cheeky run um, and like and the cheeky monster kit well yeah and you got that you got one of those in there that kept you in like there's extra points chucking an engineer into combat oh man so this is this is another very exciting very narrative but also uh you know match play moment of kind of genius was um turn three and he needed to get bring it down um and there was a my stone on beast riders were the most damaged monster that was sort of in the guts of your army and they also had the worst save and the fewest wounds to start with so like that's your target if you want to go and get that um and andy you, you were you were a point you if you didn't get this point i would go to flat we would have been drawn yeah right so i'd scored nine uh having taken the priority so we were on we were on nine and you were back at yeah, we were uh, bottom of three yeah. and i was i was on for scoring 
9 or 10 based on whether I killed your monster with a monster. Yeah, so at the end of battle round 3 we could have been level 15 all. Yes. Yeah. So Andy cast Metamorphosis on his... So I cast Metamorphosis on the Engineer yeah. as, a, as a kind of let's see if Which I, I guess, suggested. Which you suggested was your idea. Yeah. Then I put one unit of Giselles into the uh, and we, Raiders. We kind of assumed that the shooting was going to kill it. Yeah, and that, that unit of three went mental yeah. and took it to one wound, which yeah. is a nice place to be. And so you thought, oh man, I kind of have to shoot it because I have to get the two points. Yeah. And which I is the right play. Because the engineer has one attack Balls, in three, combat. Friend one. And he shot. He has a shooting attack as well, which missed. Yeah, which and you were like, oh, because that would have just done yeah, so it. So I did three Giselles, then I tried to shoot him. Yeah. Because technically he's still a monster in the shooting. Yeah, phase. absolutely. It's an attack or an ability <clears throat> from a monster yeah. gets you the point. Um, it's a good point. I could have also cast Fort Lightning, but that would have that wouldn't have killed him because it would have been too early on. Too early. Um, so so the the missile fluffed the pistol he's using, and then I got three Giselles, and I'm like, man, I've got one wound to get. Do I put the Giselles in? Get take the two points, and and we agreed that if it was a team event and or I was doing well at the tournament then you would absolutely go for the two. Well, you had to take the points because at that moment you were scoring enough objectives and but the battle round would have gone, for the first time, it would have been me ahead. So I would have been on 15 and you would have been, you'd have been on 13 yeah, yeah, if you'd missed. And that would, I think, have been game at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think that's right. So th this, was to this plus a priority was to get you to be like within touch of winning the game. And if, yeah. it didn't get, if you didn't get those two points, that was it. Yeah, I agree. So it was like we agreed that what I should do is put the Giselles into the Stonehorn. Because you couldn't afford to not have those I, two points. Because I couldn't miss the two points. Yeah. But then, but then I just shot something else because we'd agreed that that was the right thing to do and decided not to. Oh, I thought you before. missed. No, no, no. I put it into something else and then missed. Right, okay. So I you put had... it into the Husguard yeah. and missed. That was yeah. my 4-1 moment. So you would have missed the... So I would have missed anyway. Yeah. So then all that thing I had left with was to charge a Stonehorn with a warp, warp Lightning Engineer, a war, Warlock Engineer, um, who's got one, four up, three up, rend one attack into something that's got like a freaking yeah. three up, four up save, four up save, whatever. And we realised that you can't stomp a monster. So we, we, we thought, we'd kind of well, thought ahead thought, of time. You told me that, oh, you've got the stomp, so it'll be fine. That didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so then he was forced to attack. And then the attack went through. Yeah. And then you failed your save. Yeah. Um, and D3 then I, damage, D3 right? Damage, and I did two damage. Yeah. And you five locked one of them. No, I didn't. I failed both saves. I did you fail both. So, so I, I even overkill It was a one two punch. Took him out. Cool. You were more excited than I was. Oh, it was it amazing. Was cool. It was super it was epic. Cool. It was pretty Because cool. it was the second it was the second example of like a shitty like inverted commas shitty like Skaven like scurrying around at the back character like he's literally in your list yeah, you told me time and time again he's there the to buff the Giselle who missed yeah, yeah. so you can he like shrugs his shoulders like goes fucking Fine. goes Bruce Banner <laughs> and just headbutts the guy here's my fist You're like yeah so yeah his, his name's now Bruce yeah that's right you can do that um, it, was, it was a great moment and like also, like we're playing a game and we're playing it for fun and we're testing lists, right? So at the point where at the end of battle round three, kind of late in the day, we've both been working. It's super hot. It's kind of shit if the game suddenly goes. I've missed two points there and it's game over. Yeah. So like the Giselle's missing. Okay, you chose to shoot something else and, and whatever. Like that doesn't 
and like particularly at the start of an edition where we're like trying to figure out the scenario and what the kind of limits of the list are you want the warlock engineer to go in and headbutt out of stonehorn yeah it, but, but it was a very very cool moment it was great and like that... so my two little jobs who as you say i mean the claw lord is there because there's points for him and yeah what are you going to do with them well turns and out why not have five heroes not four because four yeah. heroes in escaping list just seems dumb because they need their support yeah so it's like put the claw lord in it's the only thing i could afford it's the only thing that made sense so the idea of having a claw lord sat in the middle of a bunch of storm vermin to keep them yeah, yeah. kind of theme but they were actually both really good i mean the warlock in, the warlock went monster twice the claw lord jumped across the board twice and did a, a, a heroic got run down in a big way um yeah but the the army. First, first heroic claw draw kept his history. sacrifice kept Thanquil alive yeah. for at least a battle round yeah probably yeah probably one and a half yeah so I would say three combat phases yeah 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 definitely um, so it was really cool I enjoyed it a lot um, between us we both had the opportunity to win we both had the opportunity to get five out of five battle tactics we both had the opportunity to get the grand strategies it was a, it felt like a really balanced game I think the healing from blood gullet and later priority roles were pretty key as the um objectives whittled down and the might makes right really kind of came to the fore um it's one of the really powerful things about the beast claw raiders is that stonehorn on one wound is still worth 10. i think if i'd have if i'd have punched through with screech if i'd have had the rend three and for yeah. three combat turns you'd have taken out a frost lord which would have then left have, screech available yeah, because the titanic duel between yeah. those guys was like a mega whiff fest right yeah it was it took four Mord fan coming in and me getting the priority and attacking him first twice it's to actually get him out right? he is and I was throwing like the blood vultures into him as well now the one key thing that I forgot was how to use um, a huskard yeah <laughs> so a huskard on thunder tusk and I was kind of annoyed because the point was to try out a different version of the list so when AOS 3 first dropped I basically took my uh, Yurlbad list and without the Yurlbad and with the points increases my list went from like 1970 with the battalion to exactly 2000 points without the battalion which I thought for an army I just painted I was like cool let's let's not argue about that that could easily have been 205, 210, 215 points and something's going in the bin that was great but the Huskard on Thundertusk is five points cheaper than the one on Stonehorn. And if you've got two Frost Lords on Stonehorn and Beast Riders, I feel like you probably have enough. Like, I, think it's, I think it's nice to have a support piece in that army. I think so. And there's a lot of versions of the list where people are trying to get into the... Uh, is it the Warlord Battalion that gets you the enhancement? Yeah, taking foot sloggers to, to get you the enhancement. I don't, I don't think you need I don't think you need it. I, I think... In, at any given point in time, if if you're forcing yourself, and I know this is well, actually you didn't with Draconis, right? Because you only ever had three dragons. That's right, yeah. Um, I think if you're forcing yourself to get four combat monsters in, yeah, then you're probably overstretching yourself, and having three in a support piece feels more rounded to me. So the general wisdom back in Draconis, which I kind of went back and forth with Pete about um, quite a few times, Pete Michaels, was uh, he would run. Two, uh, four units of five dragon blades in order to get two battalions in order to give an artifact to all three of his dragons um, he also just ran one battalion with three, three, uh, five, five, five in and four dragons once and was like this doesn't work, you don't have enough models um, <coughs> I only tried that once and otherwise so to, was... to leverage off the donor wisdom yeah 
only ever fight with odd-numbered units. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, and I just don't think that, like, so you could go into Boulderhead and you get a Mountain Trait everywhere, and at that point your Frost Lords are really scary, so maybe... But then if you're running Boulderhead, you probably just run three Battle Lion Stonehorns and two Frost Lords on Stonehorn anyway, so you're not getting a Battalion. Um, so that was interesting. So I had, I thought, well, my trot, my trog on turtle with the thunder tusk horns i kind of built as a frost lord on stonehorn but actually he doesn't need to be and the parts the face of the model and the horns on the model the actual bits from the kit are the thunder tusk bits so that's not going to confuse an opponent if i start changing what i'm using it as as long as i'm clear about it um the heel is good d3 prayer and you know everyone keeps going on about the heel and the hero phase which is great but it means for you yeah. that's big right because it means you can't use finest hour yeah or dispel or dispel which for an army that doesn't have a lot of access to it I mean I used to run the uh, skull shards in order to shut down spells um, and there's some crazy spells now um, yep. smaller boards as well I mean the AoE stuff is pretty frightening um so yeah the prayer the prayer is nice keening gale was what i was going for which is the plus three movement on a unit of mornfang i think that's really nice because it keeps them um keeps them up with it um maybe i think about that because there's some other ones available to take uh and i'm not running thunderbellies so you don't have like i think stacking the movement into thunderbellies you definitely take that one but there's a couple of other spells in there like polarizing hailstorm that might make it in there what I completely forgot was to actually look at the War Scroll. I just assumed that the guy on top is a priest, right? So he's cheaper. We know the mount is less good. But I forgot about the shooting attack. Massive fail. Which is a massive fail. And I also didn't realize at all that it was minus one to hit in melee. So I was quite kind of cautious about it, where actually I could have I could have been shoving it forwards a bit sooner um, into your softer units. You wouldn't is do he, that. Is he minus it. one in an aura, or just is he minus one? To he hit? is minus one to hit. So he's not like a I, he's not a he's not a frost heart phoenix. Yeah. You know, he's he's just more expensive than that. But he's not he doesn't do that. He also can't fly and has fewer wounds and you know almost half the movement. But yeah, frost heart phoenixes are really stupidly good again. Um, I liked what he did in the army. I was a bit kind of cold on it until we were in the car back here and going, oh, oh, actually, over the game, that extra damage is potentially quite cool. Yeah. And I think, actually, taking... Um, I need to get this right, so I'll just look it up, but I think it's the Pulverizing Hailstorm uh, prayer that you can take. Not that I got my prayers off and I was mostly leaning into the, uh, the healing prayer. But I wonder whether another kind of damage output um, option is is useful. Like if there's a range, like at range, you just go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna come over here and we're gonna do this. Um, that's potentially um, slightly more useful, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. The the residual design choice I've got is I really like the idea of running splinter. Yeah. And this is spells on the battle basically, um, because it's pick a model and kill it. Yeah. Um, only one enemy model but it's the kind of thing that catches people out with coherence yeah which is kind of anti-play but anyway um but i really like warp gale 26 yeah. inch range is fantastic it um, is because i'm looking at pulverizing hailstorm fist-sized chunks of ice rain down from the sky to cross it, those and it is 18 we were just range. having this debate about because i i'm not i'm not convinced the pro painted token is right okay because it actually says here um 
any run and charge rolls are halved. Oh, so, so not, not moving, run, run, run and charge. That's interesting. Um, and that that's really good against your army. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because you're in range to use that before I can actually get a charge off. So the other technical question we had that I don't know the answer to is when you halve a run roll, yeah. do you halve the d6 or do you halve the, the movement that results? I guess you, it's the run roll. The right? run, I believe a run is an additional movement, but that could well have changed. I'm actually going to look that up in the, uh, the core rules because it will actually be clearly defined now, uh, which is handy. Not ambiguous at all. Definitely not ambiguous. What is ambiguity? That's not something we know about anymore. Uh, so when you pick a movement to run, you add the run roll to the move characteristic. So the D6 is the so run So the D6 roll. is the run roll. So specifically, it only, uh, only halves the, the run roll itself, not the actual movement characteristic. So yeah, the pro painted token, or at least the picture of it on the website is wrong. He may have actually fixed it. Um, yeah, so I think, I think listen to this, I think probably instead of Keening Gale for the plus three movement to Mournfang, so assuming you're not running Thunderbellies where the movement into the, the extra movement and the run and charge is wicked, right? That's great. So you take the plus three movement where you can. Also in Thunderbellies, he's a get, he gets plus one to cast that. Nice. So it's on a three up. Um, in um, in Blood Gullet though, uh, or the version of Blood Gullet that I'm running, I think you probably take Pulverizing Hailstorm because you pick a point within 18 inches of the model and roll one dice, so it's on a four up to uh, the, the prayer roll, uh, one dice for each unit within three of that point. Is that the curse? This is a Pulverizing Hailstorm, so oh, the, sorry. The, there, there so is a, a curse. Yeah, yeah. Um, prayer. prayer. Uh, and on a three up units within uh, three of that take D3 mortal wounds so you roll a three up for each unit and I think actually what the army doesn't have is mortal wounds at range so what that's really good at is when someone runs three monsters to get their uh, thing because yeah oh that's cute it's a direct counter yeah so I think pulverizing hellstorm probably goes into that um, also his shooting as well is 18 inch range so if he can do that in the hero phase he's definitely in range for the other because he's got his eight inch movement so i kind of liked him he yeah. was fun i've seen I, I think he's a good piece of i've it. seen lists where again people kind of trim down and trim down in order to get the extra, so take him and the extra artifacts so they can give him the five up shrug but honestly if you want to spend time trying to shoot off um my thunder tusk then you've got two frost lords and like eight mournfang in your face and that's probably a bigger problem for you rar yeah rar indeed or gur Grr, as you said. Um, have we got anything else to say about match play? Uh, not really. Um, I, the next thing we're going to talk about is slightly match play, but it, we're going to say that it's narrative. I, I, I think it's on the edge. Yeah. I think your your definition of narrative is fun, in inverted commas, and it is going to be fun, but it's going to be matched as well. It is matched. It's match play. But I mean, as 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 Jervis Johnson of oh, yeah. of of retirement fame, bless him. Thank <laughs> thank you very much, yeah. Jervis, for all the work you've done over many years. Um, well, and the saving me on two hundred quid of old Dark Angels yeah. models that time I met him. He's yeah. like, don't buy this just yet. <laughs> yeah, but, but he has said many many times, right? I will, I will make a set of rules and I will create circumstances the most in the most narrative way I can possibly yeah. think of. But once my models are on the table, I'm there to win. 
yeah and that's literally my attitude towards narrative like i get in trouble with ming all the time I'm like well i've brought a narrative list but i'm not, I'm not gonna throw the game ming gave up the ability to be narrative when he drove a chariot into a tower oh wow i i mean the way to call that out <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if our club mates even listen to this podcast, honestly, but I hope so. I'm sure Ming's listening right now. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Also, the, the narrative failure at the end of 8th edition that two units of Bretonian Knights wouldn't just be able to have a chat and sort out their formation and would just stand there forever until the end of time. I hope that when the Old World maps... I thought, I thought it was very kind of indicative of Ming's mindset of not being able to think in anything. Well, the horses, the horses are wearing blinkers, right? Yeah. Um... I hope that when the old world maps that are coming out zoom in a bit further, that there'll be like the terracotta army, except it's Ming's army just stood in the middle of Britonia. <laughs> oh, you're back! Excellent! Oh. <laughs> um, great, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to refill my water. I'm going to come back with narrative. Yeah, before we go, temperature update. 25.7 oh my god lizards lizards are dying like cooling down and but i'm i'm definitely getting going it's it's still warm though <laughs> welcome back um so there's a couple of things going on in the narrative realm over the next few weeks um the most kind of uh soon one is the long-awaited inquisitor weekend uh which is taking place um at the end of july beginning of august um 28 mil scale and um yeah mega excited about that alex put together a little um iMovie video of his inquisitor making contact with one of the other inquisitors that's coming down and um there's already loads of like double dealing and cross narratives and stuff uh, George has sent out the player pack for scenario one and um, there's four of us playing four inquisitors showing up or inquisitorial teams and um, he's already put us into alliances and we're going to see how long they hold because he's given us objectives and it turns out that the people on teams with each other don't have the same win conditions yeah. <laughs> like at all <laughs> so I mean you know they're sort of the same but you can achieve you can think you've achieved it and in fact no you haven't and um, the, the trick is going to be uh, role playing it well enough that like you know your opponent you know your teammate has actually won but your character has to figure that out rather than thwarting them by kind of Oops. deus ex machina um, so I'm, I'm super excited for that uh, there's been some secret terrain projects going on for that um, I've got five out of the six models I was supposed to paint for it still to paint but commission stuff has to say, take precedent um, so yeah uh, that's a week tomorrow well a week today as you listen to this um, so I should probably do some painting but the Sounds like it. The paint is literally drying on the brush at the moment. Mm. So there's been a lot of kind of like building models, uh, gluing oregano to bases to kind of predict what we're going to talk about in open a little bit. The other thing that's happening narratively um, is a big kind of coming together of generals, um, a, a grand clash, a meeting of minds. Um, that's made it all sound very grand. It is all happening in a barn. Yeah, barn hammer three. So, um, I have a barn, which is great because it means I can play loads of games in it. Um, so we did Barnhammer 1 just before Lockdown East. Uh -huh. We had four people. 
Um, and then we did Barnhammer 2, and that was supposed to be six people, but then um, Alex got food poisoning and didn't turn up. There's a theme at there's, the moment. There's a theme. Um, so we had five, which is fine. We had some fun. We've spoken about that on the previous podcast. And I kind of wanted to ramp up. And um, the idea that I'd had ever since we got the house that we got, um, was to do kind of informal <laughs> kind of before you got the house right as one of the purchase we're doing this <laughs> um, was was to run kind of informal informal fun team events you don't have to wear a suit where you can yeah no suits um, so Ben Saver is banned yeah Ben Saver is, is banned okay um, where Angel in quotes um, invites another club to come to the barn and we just do a day of, of teams right because why not add an extra angle to it and just play a few games and have some fun and I, I don't really care who wins and who loses I hope no one else does either contextually um, the idea is <laughs> if you think for a moment that Donal even in his new narrative bent of like wanting to run Path to Glory and painting Cruel Boys you think for a moment that he doesn't want to win all three games you yeah but I, I mean in the sense of like people getting stressed about it it's yeah, supposed yeah, to be yeah. fun right yeah so um, so we've got 14 people coming we think it might be 12 or 13 there or thereabouts so we'll have seven games so it'll be a, a two teams of seven yeah and um, and we'll just have some games and see what happens. We'll do some pairing rounds. There'll be a bit of a laugh and see where it goes. And I've got a fun, fun twist um, on how the teams get picked because I really like it. Yeah, it's good. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, like, I'm really hoping it's quite cool. I'm I can't. Really I can't quite see afterwards. that it catches on at the ETC. Mm, probably not. Uh, but it's great for yeah, Barhammer. Yeah, I don't want to give any. I, I, an idea popped into my head there. The, the proverbial <laughs> um, thing that I always talk about when ETC comes up, but I'll leave it because I don't want to tip anyone off. But it, it's it's not anything grand. It's just fun. <laughs> I now know exactly what yeah, you're yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's it's not grand. It's just fun. Yeah. Um, the idea was like I, we thought about it. It was like well we can do teams in advance, but it's it's Angel and Eat Bats, but eat sort bats, of sort of because Eat Bats. It's the middle of the summer, right? People are on holiday. They're trying to get away for the first time in eighteen months. Yeah. Yada Rob Symes is coming, so that'll be fun. There's fewer the um, people coming who aren't Angel or Eat Bats, but kind of involved. Um. So and and then there's the schoolboy version of it, which is you pick, I pick, but that's kind of a bit lame, and I don't really want to do that. So I put an extra twist in it, and we'll see what happens. Yep. Um, so that so is, that it's is... either going to be teams of six or teams of seven on yeah. the day. Um, and there was some insanity about you saying that you might, if it's an odd number, that you'll to. And I'm. I, I think... mean, the idea of me toing is hilarious in the context of rules, but I just mean in the sense of at some point I recognise that events there in the barn will be big enough that actually I do need to do some organisation so I'll be quite happy to play because people, some people are coming on the Friday night some people are staying till Sunday I'll get a game on Friday and Sunday yeah and I'm going to camp and you're going to camp and so is Jimbo Jim, apparently Jimbo and I think Veg are going to camp yeah. as well there is a field um, so I need to stream it because it's currently about three foot high in grass um, but yeah it'll be fun it will I'm really looking forward to it and we've got um Again, due to the pandemic, our local place, Rule Zero, didn't manage to reopen uh, particularly efficiently just pre-pandemic and then post-pandemic. So we've actually had all of the Angel Club terrain sitting in the flat for 18 months and it needed putting in new boxes. So we've actually got like enough terrain for a tournament. Just yeah, give, it, yeah give or take. I think Mitzi's bringing some along. So I've got, courtesy of a delivery I should get this week, I'm going to have six physical tables. Okay. Um, I've got... So that might do it. Four... 
four new mats, two old mats. Well, I've got six physical tables and mats. Yeah. We've probably got just about enough terrain to stretch to six. Mitzi said he'll bring a table and some terrain. Yeah. And basically, I need to spend... I've got two weeks holiday now. I've got to spend the time to set the tables up, see what terrain is there. Yeah. And then once we know how much terrain we've actually got... Yeah. Um, then I can, I can tell Mitzi how much stuff he needs to bring. Yeah, I'm just now wandering around the flat because I've realised that there are some secret things for Inquisitor that are terrain that actually would be completely yeah. usable in Age of Sigma. So we've got uh, we've got those trees as well. So I think there's yeah, there's probably there's stuff. There's enough for six or seven tables for sure. And some of the the Stormbolt terrain is massive as well. So whilst two thousand some of those is, some of those pieces count as two in the new rules. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well, there you are. Then I think we're easily at six tables. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. Yeah, it's good. To um, the thing about that that's interesting, and I'm going to be really interested to hear what Rob in particular has to say about it, and maybe Simon too, in terms of scoring. Yeah, who in quotes with no great emphasis wins? Yeah, and I think we've decided a that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but b that because it's two teams playing, you don't need to go for what would define what happens in the next round in the same way yeah. I guess a bit like Rob does with the Super Series anyway it's just what are the pure points that are available so there's a win-loss draw counter but in terms of like so you look at the Bad Moon Loons taking out the uh, T-Sports Genesis series um, which they did um, they did that with a significant amount of secondary points as well and that's just lumped into the overall team score because there's only two teams. Yeah. So we're, I think I'm right in saying that you're planning on running it just as, what are the VPs? Yeah, we're gonna total the VPs. I Just to prevent it going mental, I wonder if we, we cap and floor the VPs. I think that's like, fair. Like you would at ETC. Yeah. I need to work out, I need to, I need to pick three scenarios and tell everyone what they are. Yeah. And then work out the max points. Now you actually do have the space to run something like the vice because the tables will yes. be sitting oh, individually. Exactly. So you've got bags of space around the side. Also the tables are what, seven or eight feet wide? So the wooden ones are seven feet and the, the flat, the packet ones are six. So you have space as well for like oh, armies yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. it's a super nice, uh, super nice amount of space, particularly with the new, uh, new size mats on them. Yeah, you've yeah, just got like enough that. enough room to put your army case on the table or underneath or whatever. So that's going to be fun. Um, I'm quite excited to see what the team makeup is. We don't have too much in the way of duplicate um, armies either because that's there's two pairings. There's two legion of the first print three. There's two two legion of the first prints, two docks, and potentially two, two cities, cities of sigma, yeah. or three if and, I throw a wobbler. And technically, it's potentially two legion because Tim might drop. Oh, were there three? No, so if uh, Tim okay. drops, there's only one. Right. Yeah. yeah sure. So then there'll only be two pairs. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, that's going to be really fun, I think. And that's fourteenth um, of August. So I think we'll probably have another Angelcast episode before then. I might record some Inquisitor stuff next weekend. Um, in fact, I'm definitely going to record some Inquisitor Actually, stuff the, next week. The weekend. person I've missed that we should shout out um, is yeah. coming to that event. I is Mo. Mo himself. Uh, for those of you who've been in Age of Sigma since the beginning, Mo Comp was how the game used to work before Games Workshop realised that they needed points and. Yeah. The player base isn't imaginative to play without point enough yeah. to play without point. Yeah, or at least not consistently imaginative. Like you need a you need a starting point, and yeah. that was that was very much spearheaded by Mo, and not 
acknowledged by Games Workshop, although a few other uh, people putting out content at the time were. I, I, I always felt that, I mean, so Mo wasn't part of Angel directly, so I'm quite happy to big him up without it being a bit kind of like, well, we did it first. Um, but like, I think that the Facehammer guys did loads of amazing stuff, and I know that South Coast GT did some amazing stuff. A lot of that stuff wouldn't have happened without Mocom. Yeah, it was all the stuff Mocom. Yeah, and Clash like the, the yeah, Clashcom, the shot cap, the scenarios being imported basically from warmer hordes and like tweaking all of that, figuring out what units could do what in the new game and like having a sort of idea of points within that. It was it was amazing. It was super good. And actually for a few guys I've spoken to at Angel, uh, Tom Lloyd won't mind me saying, like, for him that was the best age of Sigmar's ever been, because it was like a total Wild West. And then someone put a loose amount of rules over it, and it kind of fit, but there were still ways of like breaking it in ways that were kind of funny at a 20-man event in London for a one-dayer, yeah. and then you wouldn't be allowed to do it next time because Mo was literally sitting in the corner shaking his head at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was great. So huge shout-out to Mo, and I'm mega excited to have him come. He's going to play your Iron Jaws. Playing, playing our Iron Jaws, I would say. Oh, yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, I did paint them, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's going to be fun. We've got some cool stuff to talk about in weeks coming up. That's yeah. exciting. And also to do. I'm, I'm also excited about it's doing the things. I just hope it's like not 30 degrees. <laughs> uh, yes. Having been up in Coventry this last week, it was quite warm under that. I mean, the bonus factor is that barn is well ventilated. Hot tin roof. Yeah. It was still warm, it though. Is, it is literally And I think if you put a few uh, games... If you put a few gamers in there rather than two blokes slowly moving some wooden furniture, it might get even hotter. Yeah. Particularly if Kieran's drinking all of those uh, grapefruit and beers. And yelling every, every ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. How much Destruction's going? Because Destruction seems to be all over the place suddenly. Like, I know it's, it's supposed a, to be the question. age of Destruction. But... I, I crossed the Rubicon. I'm really sorry. I actually built a spreadsheet. You built a spreadsheet. It's not very big. Wow. But I did, I did open Excel and put some data into it. Kieran will be so proud of me. Yeah, I mean, if he's listened this far and not just turned off with all the massive insults against him so far, then... Yeah. yeah. So, if I remember rightly, um, there's an Ogre Moor Tribes... There's an Ogre list from Donal with Kragnos. There's a BCR list. And there's an Iron Jaws. Who's running BCR? Uh, you. Am I? Well, assuming. I haven't posted in the chat. <laughs> Yeah, I probably I will. Down BCR yeah, it's probably smart because then we can use more wild woods as terrain. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. I think so. So is that four or three? Three. Ogres, BCR, Iron Jaws. Yeah, there's no death. So there's... Is Mitzi not running destruction? Oh, sorry, Mitzi's running Iron Jaws as well. So that's the it's the double Iron Jaws. Yeah. Okay, so double Iron Jaws, double Ogres. Yeah. So like actually, ogres. yeah. Although yeah, don't 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 will have a stonehorn in his list, <laughs> like Kragnos plus stonehorn yeah. plus some stuff that can stand on an objective. So if if I recall correctly, we are, we've actually got no death. Pretty sure there's no death. Yeah, they got locked back and back up in the vaults, right? Yeah. Nagash um, is just a little Voldemorty spirit in a wood somewhere. So um, then chaos. There's two legions. Potentially. There's a Skaven. Potentially. Not me. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think there's any other Chaos. No. So the rest are order. So that's three and four. So then there's seven order. There's two docks, two cities. That's four. Yeah. Seraphon, five. Seraphon? Yeah. Bedges bring Seraphon. Oh, yay. You can sit in the corner. Yep. Yeah. Um, and two others. Yeah. 
Two what? I can't remember. Hmm. Maybe, Maybe we don't. Even uh, know undeclared it. because Matt hasn't told us. If Matt's coming, he hasn't told us what he's bringing. Sure. So that's one of the two. Possibly my silver knife at this point. And then the Yeah. Cool. Well, that's going to be super fun. It's really interesting how the... I mean, order's always in there heavily, isn't it? But it's really interesting how the other three factions kind of cycle around, depending on the meta. Um, it's the first time in a long time that you have such a strong showing from destruction. Yeah, I mean, I am intrigued. In, in the way I, I tend to pick up a new army three to four years after they've been first released, <laughs> um, I, I am intrigued by some of Matt's ideas around OBR. And yeah. that, that running list in Staliat Lords and running Arcan Cav plus Morgasts. Yeah. Could be quite fun. Everything runs and charges. It's quick, it hits hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, there's been a lot of internet complaining that OBR are dead, but I think that boils down to well, taking loads and loads of Mortec Guard is no longer affordable. So and that is literally true. Why don't you... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but are they dead or are they constructed from dead things? Um, but I, I totally get Matt's point that the, the, the crawlers look cool and sound cool, but just flub too much. Yeah, they don't. They don't do enough. Um, they, yeah, I, I can't see them. I can't see them. But as this is narrative, it's nice that the destruction is getting showing in the season yeah, of destruction. Yeah. Monsters are in there. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, I would think that because I'm currently running destruction, but I think it's great. Um, cool. Um, we're going to have a chat in a moment about the kind of hobby stuff that we've been doing, um, but we'll take a quick break there. Welcome back. The open section is returning to form and is about hobby uh, Yay. today. Yay! Um, it's a great time of year to do hobby. Oh yeah, it's great. I, I mean, sh shook up a rattle can the other day, race. and it it's, nearly blew up. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a race to get the paint from your pot, yeah, onto your brush, and then onto the model before it solidifies. Look, and I'm considered to be a quick painter, and <laughs> look, I have knackered some brushes in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's a business expense, but yeah. I'm thinking the right way to do it is get an airbrush. Yeah, like get some kind of clamp so it's just like sitting at the side of you, right? <laughs> And just have it permanently dripping retardant into the top of the airbrush yeah. so that there's a retardant mist in front of you mm. so that as the paint moves from the pot to the model it's being continuously doused in retardant yeah so it's a really good time of you year might for, die like, yeah but that's okay we've all got masks <laughs> nowadays right that's true um yeah i was messaging jimbo today he's very kindly putting together um another icy cast resin base for me nice. um well five bases actually because i'm doing another unit of mournfang just in case i want to do thunderbellies and run you know 10 mournfang at people instead of four monsters um so yeah you know still three monsters but you know let's not go crazy um and um, he said it's a great time of year for one particular thing in hobby and that's Curing casting resin, resin. yeah and it's like <laughs> yeah so i cast your mournfang bases yesterday and they're dry it took a week before uh, when i did these in february and i was like well shit <laughs> so um yeah if you're gonna do any hobby this week um go fuck about with some resin i guess go nuts um which people are probably already doing now it's the summer holidays um so that's been kind of fun to hear about, although it isn't really what I've been doing. What have you been up to? So getting back into the Skaven means picking up some old models. Um, my Skaven army 
that I was running had been rebased, but I'd put it on resin, like resin scenery bases. The kind of countersunk ones, yeah, the swampy. Yeah, countersunk, and they got water in them, and they were, they were kind of good, but actually they're really bad at holding the models. The models just fall off them. Yeah. Because the it's just there's too much. And Skaven are a yeah. bit small to pin. Yeah, it doesn't work. So so I've actually decided to take them off them, and I'm, because that army is okay painted. Some of the monsters are very good. Yeah. Right? But the, the main model, the, the rats and stuff are okay. I just wanted something that was reasonably quick, reasonably easy, but reasonably good. I had an idea for using Shattered Dominion bases again, which I used on my um, something else, Nighthorn. You did? On the skellies. Those aren't Nighthorn, that's Death Sorry. Rattle. Death Rattle. Legions of Nagash. Um, Legions of Nagash. So, so I went back to them. Um, and did a scheme on them, which is quite nice. So it looks like there's warp, warp stone, like cav, like cuts in them and stuff. It's quite, it's quite looks great. Well. Yeah, yeah. I've still got to rebase the rest of that, but that's gone well as a start point. Basically, airbrushing slabs of 20, 25 mil bases. And I think that's quite a nice hobby project to have going on, like alongside the other things you're doing, right? Because the models you've got a couple to paint but the army is really nicely painted from a while ago and yeah it's it comes just about, together well it's about getting the basing coherent but like you can play games with it already yeah, and then it's absolutely. like this week I'm going to snap these 10 storm vermin off and put them on new bases yeah. I think that's quite a nice uh, it's a nice palette cleanser and a refresher for an army that you've had as you said since it was on square bases um, and some of it still was right because yeah. you'd rebase. I mean those clan wraps I painted 8 years ago and they still look half decent they look great yeah, yeah. So, so there's a rebasing exercise going on, and then I've got three Giselles to paint, which is pretty easy because I've already done three, and I know the exact skin, and I've just got to do it, and I'm a faster painter now than I was then, yeah. even if it's resin. Um, and then I've got to finish Sankwell, which I haven't actually done. So the flesh was done, yeah, and the model was built in sub-assemblies. Thankwell, Thankwell himself is still grey plastic, but he's basically built. He's a grey seer. He's a grey seer. He is currently grey. Yeah. So he's a grey. So he's seat. fully painted. Narrative. Um, so I'm going to do the albino flesh that I've done yeah. on my bloodthirst one. It's going to be super cool. So, so <laughs> be quite we'll, a lot we'll quicker we'll than Barry, that. right? Yeah. It's the relative like <laughs> surface area of a grey seer like compared 2%. to a bloodthirster. Um, sure. So so I've got two weeks holiday now. I've got to get Thankful done and three Giselles and I want to rebase everything so it's clean. That will get done. I've got two weeks holiday. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, so that's super cool. So that that's that's the main chunk of my stuff is after starting painting it in end times, Thankwell will finally get done, and I'll put him on the board in anger and have some fun with it. Cool. And it's a great model. It's a beautiful model. Like, there's been some models that they've released in that time period that I think have aged massively. The Skaven stuff from that time looks the same. The Vermin Lords, Thankwell, and the Storm Fiends are all phenomenal. Yeah, it's Plague Claw Catapult, yeah. um, Warp Lightning Cannon. There's a couple of duff fine casts things from that time, but the Grace here on Plague Sensor yeah, but they're but they're much older. Okay. The um, the Grace here on foot and the Claw Lord as well. Still Lovely, really, really nice, really, really nice. Um, I'm always quite close to doing a Skaven army, um, but I'm 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 not ever again going to paint a hundred clan rats. <laughs> <laughs> I've done probably five hundred in my life. I'm not doing another hundred. Um, yeah, I've finished finished my two K of Beast Claw. Bing. 
in that I actually painted my Morpot. And actually used contrast da, 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 da. paint. Contrast paint, yeah. I feel like if you have a hat somewhere, I should probably eat it. Yeah. And um, can you puke in it first? <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, the Morpot was a model that um, I just don't really like. But I have to have one. Or I can have one, so I may as well have one. There's that whole thing about, like, should scenery actually have points? But it's just an allegiance ability that has a, a physical representation. Although not all scenery pieces are equal. I guess not all allegiance abilities are equal either, so that's the same thing. Yeah, note to self, normals give plus one to cast. I did say that to you several times out loud during the game, but you weren't standing near them. <laughs> Apart from with... <laughs> a claw lord he's like yeah I could do some magic I should give him the arcane tone do, is it the same wording as the modern arcane where he could do the heroic action near one and dispel or unbind with the plus one okay that's a shame um, yeah so I painted the more part and I kind of had just a bit of a psychological oh, blocker on yeah, it yeah you can yeah um, and uh, yes yeah, so I used a bit of contrast um, in building that. and something else that I've used for the first time ever is an airbrush um, Andy's got one up in Coventry in that I've always thought about one and kind of got you know realised that it's quite a bulky bit of kit takes quite a lot of maintenance and not really good for rented accommodation and if, and if you don't have a setup for it exactly it's super painful to set up and break down again. yeah yeah I mean I've watched Alex do base coats on stuff and been quite jealous of how quickly the base coating goes and then watched him spend the same amount of time as he did base coating cleaning and putting everything away and I was just like I can see how if and so like from my point of view it's clearly something that you should have if you're a commission painter um, maybe not if you charge by the hour like I do but um, it's super good yeah. and gets a really nice coverage and like I, I didn't quite fuck up some models but I did rattle can undercoat something that just about I managed to save and then even in the heat putting stuff on on the airbrush it meant Zero risk, right? cleaning the airbrush was a bit of a nightmare because the primer in particular was yeah, drying the, the, out the really quickly yeah but the base I'm doing some Blood Bowl teams for Exit 23 games at the moment um, who you can still get a discount code through uh, through us so if you enter um, Angel 2021 on the Exit 23 games website you can get um, a discount on everything on their site which is really cool um, that runs until August, so maybe this is the last time you'll be able to use that. I'll check. I'll check that with Chris before the next episode. I say that now. I'll definitely forget. Uh, but Chris, if you're listening, please remind me. Um, so yeah, I'm painting up the uh, Slan team, I guess the Frogman team, and the Zenobian Zeniths, and um, yeah, did the did the airbrush base coating on both of them, and it's great. I mean, I'm probably telling most listeners to suck eggs, but um, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I did. So I've, I'm, I'm doing a Path to Glory Stormcast army with, um, with Dynamo and a few others. And then I base coated them with the black. And then I used a, a Vallejo metal colour mm -hmm. copper. And you were blown away by the coverage, right? It's ridiculous. You didn't even see it go on. When it goes on, it's like, it's done. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Really great. Um, yeah, it's just it's just super easy and like um, I'd obviously last time we'd gone up to yours seen Hinton use it to base coat some Ossiarch and I was like oh, okay yeah we could have a look at that um, but yeah putting the um, putting the black primer on the more pot like I actually did like the whole thing of like masking the bits of the more pot that didn't need to be black like 
running masking tape around the um, the horns and stuff and I was like this has taken me you know 15-20 minutes of like careful prep time and I, I could have spent longer and been neater with it but I knew I was painting back over it and that there'd be lots of blood effect and whatever so I was like I'll be I'll be neat but not anal about it um, which probably sums up how I do most things and um, the black went on incredibly um, and it's a better finish than Chaos Black, black Spray anyway in terms of the colour because it's black not grey um, and then like yeah putting what do we use in the end a Vallejo Air Gun Metal uh, yeah yeah um, which and that just went straight in the pot right you didn't even dilute it yeah just and it went whoosh, straight on um, and it just made it like a lot easier and a lot smoother um, and then like I painted it I brush painted it up from there and, and used all the techniques that I would usually use um, and just kind of thought you have contrast paint in that room I've never used it um, and I knew having like seen some like Trevarian videos on YouTube and like other stuff like there's certain ways that I suddenly thought oh actually okay if it's if it's opaque and you can use it for kind of freehanding stuff and like pelts and stuff like that rather than here's a base coated thing I'm just going to do that colour and it's done which I, I really wish Games Workshop didn't sell the paints like that because as like a as a suspended pigment wash they're good yeah um, I think if it had been a model that I'd wanted to spend more time on I would have got better results but that's maybe my lack of experience with them if I'd used regular paints and uh, painted them in the way I wanted but certainly the Space Wolf so the Space Wolf grey over the uh, kind of furs on the um, the canopy were above the butcher's like block like fur tarpaulin isn't it yeah like it was you know I, I rattle canned that with Corax White ages ago um, and um, yeah I kind of bunged that on top and um, what I quite liked is that two layers made it look like a different colour so putting it all over and then double layering one or two of the pelts and I put like the uh, it was like one of the beastman flesh shades so it's sort of a brownie um, brownie flesh uh, sort of towards Mornfang brown I guess over a couple of them as well and I then went back in with I dry brushed it up with like the the paints that kind of fit in with Space Wolf Grey so like uh, up to Fenrisian Grey basically to, to catch the edges and keep that kind of blue grey going on and then yeah just went back in with a bit of black templar contrast a bit of the space wolf gray again and possibly gorgrunt of fur that's the one we were discussing yeah to do kind of like animal stripes and like leopard print and stuff on some of the some of the skins on there um which i then completely more or less covered up with uh valhalla and blizzard because the canopy would be catching the snow if there was any anywhere um and i was i was impressed with them and it was it was super hot so it was like it went on and dried where I wanted it to be, so that's probably quite Pants. good for contrast because contrast does seem to take a lot longer to yeah, dry. Yeah, it, it kind of doesn't. It kind of doesn't. Paint. If if you if it pools, yeah, it takes a while. Yeah, yeah. But if, if you, you put, put it on a relatively thinly, thin coating, it actually dries quicker than paint. Yeah, yeah, which I <coughs> believe because um, it just kind of shrinks it's, to the it's pigment. Really, it will form um, tide lines very quickly. Yes, which was how I was using it. I was creating tide lines to make a kind of opaque animal pelt thing that was happening. Um, and uh, the other one that I used a lot was, um, is it Blood Letter Red? No, Flesh Terror's Red. Flesh Terror's Red. Um, Which I've never seen used like that, and that was phenomenal. That was like, I was like, wow, that looks So sick. I got a, a totally wrecked, like, oversized brush and just 
dabbed that into the middle of the butcher's block and then dragged it away from it so that the the knackered brush made kind of streaks of it um, and I did like as it's opaque I did kind of three layers of that with different kind of overlap and I, I used a bit of the Gorgoranta fur in, in there as well to give it some more kind of like congealed blood um, and then I just went out onto the balcony and you're like what are you doing just use your thumb flick it all over it so that the inside of it is like properly splattered with um, a viscera I suppose but I did go back at the end and like the final the final layer is like fresh so I went for the blood for the blood god technical paint um, so yeah I enjoyed the experiment with it I'm glad that I didn't paint the rest of the army with it no I know I don't it serves a purpose yeah and funnily enough from my from my perspective the way I paint you're like oh it's a good sediment wash and it is it's very good it's, it goes very good on metallics it's better than yeah. agrax on metallics yeah they kind of wash out the shine actually yeah. too much yeah um, so I think that the, as does army painter washes which I otherwise would swear by yeah um, so I am going to try probably that Gorgunter actually on my Stormcast the ones the steel hearts that I've still got the two spares okay just to see what it's ones. like over the copper just to see what it looks like over the copper I think you're going to want the copper as is yeah so like a right on flesh shape probably. I, d I wouldn't even wash it I will I know you I will, will but it. it's just super nice it is it's, but it is yeah fair um, maybe it's a diluted wash and then, yeah. then, then a highlight rather yeah. than a full wash yeah um, so I want to try what the Gorgonta looks like it might might it'll look different I'm interested yeah. to see what it does it's a nice paint um, I mean, I'm I've heard really good things about snake bite leather as well snake bite leather but is, it's obviously yellow good but it's really yellow yeah well that's the original so when you make was. it yellow there's it, what there was one that completely melted my brain because it's basically XV88 but a bit yellower yeah it's like the yellow um, side so Darren that. Latham did um, an illustration of, of what he one of the uses he uses contrast paints for he had a lotro model and you can debate what he, the point he was trying to make when he did the video but he took a lotro style painted model i don't know what that means lord of the rings oh right so he took a lord of the rings elf where all of the all of the lord of the rings models are all painted um very classically so yes. they're not they're not like I would describe the main GW models as quite high saturation models. Definitely. The Lord of the Ring models are like the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So leather looks like leather. Lots of pastels, lots of. Um... So, so we had a model, an elf model with um, leather boots on that had like filigree or whatever you want to call it, like grooves cut into the yes. into the boots, and he's like, "This is what contrast can do," and he just gets some snake bite leather, dilutes it down, and just glazed the whole boot. Yeah. So we took like a classic brown leather boot yeah. with these designs in it and just glazed the whole thing and it just instantly transformed it. Yeah. Like just just made it pop immediately. It was amazing. Amazing. And that that's one of the things that the glazes they're really good for is glazes. Yeah. Is you can just tone out a whole colour. Like you can you can paint something red, like full red. Yeah and put a blue glaze on it and it's a and it's purple yeah and it's it, that's color theory right but just that that filter using filters rather than paint to create an end result is yeah is an incredible tool 
Yeah, I can see um, I can see a lot of uses, particularly as you say for the color theory and with primary colors for kind of looking at um, working into skin. Yeah, like I do a lot of glazing of um, red or blue or purple, particularly around facial features and in cheeks and ears and whatever, um, both on humans and like and, and orcs and stuff. And I think it's um, it's a really good way of of bringing something. As you say, the the models are like quite unnatural sometimes. It's a good way of bringing, uh, you know, low lights that have something living about them. Yeah. You, know, you look at a human face, and you know, whatever race you are, there's there's similar kind of color. Yeah. The simple there. answer is put agrax in the eyes. The smart answer is put purple in. Yeah. Or red. Or, or even green. Or even green. Like and um, I've got a huge amount of zombies to paint coming up, and a lot of that actually the necrotic flesh. Again, that Trevarian video was helpful, but it's stuff I've been thinking about before, but refined. It's kind of like going well, actually not covering the whole surface of this, but like where would bruising be? So you go in with a a blue or a, a blue gray. Um, where would something have blood coming towards the surface so you might have a bit of a red around there um, maybe around the cheeks on a model um, where are you having purple like actually you can do a huge amount with glazes and um, that's cool I'm yeah. quite looking forward to playing it's one of the that. things that one of the, I think it was Max Falej said when I did a masterclass at GW years ago now is he said okay so you've done all this now you're going to do this and and you look at look at the model before, yeah. Do it, and look at the model afterwards, and you will not be able to see the difference in the model, but it will look better because yeah. your eye won't see it, but your brain will process it. Yeah. And it's things like a, the tiniest red glaze on cheeks, right? Yeah. Um, or grey shadows, right? Grey rather than brown shadows under the eyes. Yeah or you know um a gray shadow on the face for um stubble, stubble and things yeah. like that those those things make the models real yeah and i think it's the um it's the having the control of the suspension though and the the accuracy of putting something in that's and, the, and the grasp of exactly the right dilution required to have an effect but not overdo it yeah because i've i've experienced with stuff that stuff for years i remember i got a war games illustrated um kind of skin painting tutorial when I was about 14 in a, in a magazine and there was also a really good white dwarf one it might even have been when the Cadians came out um, obviously quite small faces within the helmets so I mean that's a hell of a long time ago and um, what are you looking at um, yeah and like even, so even at that point you're like putting flesh washes in but also purples and reds and whatever but like I've never quite spent like you see people on Instagram who will like, so you've built all of your um, vindictors with helmets, right? Mm -hmm. So someone who wanted to experiment with flesh tones might then glue all of the unhelmeted heads to a bit of sprue, clamp it into a painting handle and go along and just do like yeah. face studies on it, right? Absolutely. And um, that's really interesting. And I think painting, painting skin in particular and creating a contrast with like the finish you want on, compared to the like pauldrons, the uh, the shoulder plates next to that, or some kind of fur texture for like around their shoulders or like other other armor or leather, 
the physical texturing differences is what's interesting me at the moment. So then the flesh becomes the smooth bit. So then you really have to start thinking about exactly what we're talking about, which is glazing. So I've done loads of like thinking about cross hatching, thinking about dry brushing when it's fur, like actually it's something I'd moved away from into brush strokes, but actually that extra texture can be really helpful if it's controlled properly. And all of that kind of stuff is quite interesting with mini painting as opposed yeah. to 2D painting where you're like, well, I'm gonna use brush strokes to make it look like the thing. Actually, when you've got a three-dimensional surface and you have to think about the interplay with light and stuff as well, um, that gets really interesting. So maybe maybe I'll play a bit more with contrast. But I'm also really interested in like pre-shading with the airbrush and um, like what you can do. So for this um, for this Blood Bowl team, uh, I've primed them with the airbrush and then I've hit them from the front with like a pale yellow because they're frogs, and from the back I've hit them with a really bright green. Um, and um, kind of feathered those together with the airbrush and like they're not all totally consistent but I've been able like so there's a big like troll sized frog and that's greener because I'm going to be washing more of it back and it's going to be a bit darker and a bit heavier and then the like skinks which are like well I don't know they're like catchers so I guess they're less armoured they're you know they're, they're yellower and you can kind of just do really easy stuff like that just like that done and then I'm going to brush highlight it all up but even like a two tone priming is something that you can do with so much more control than with a rattle can and because it's such a thin layer as well and they're very vibrant paints and that's nice like it's going to be suit and it, the models help because they're nice and simple clean lines and i'll be able to block out the armor and block out the clothing and it becomes easy but compared to the human team that i sprayed with corex white ran out of corex white sprayed the rest of them with zandri dust and like hand painted in a bunch of stuff like I think I probably saved myself like four or five hours just getting to the same point. Solid. Which is great. Yeah. And I did spend like two hours of that cleaning because it was like 30 degrees. Andy, this is uh, I think I've broken your brush. It's not working. There's no paint coming out. Dad. Look. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, so yeah, it's been fun. And there's just been a stupid amount of painting to do. And it continues. And continues to be. And continues to be, yeah. Um, you haven't even spoken about your Kragnos. Yeah, I have a Kragnos. There's a crazy plan for it. That Looking plan, good at the moment. Teaser. Yeah. There is some blue tack involved at this stage, which I'll probably swap out for like glue at some point. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Simon will approve you leaving blue tack on the model. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's White Dwarf approved as well. Yeah. There's plenty of White Dwarf pictures of like Wild Riders blue tacked onto. Yeah, Warshine. Oh yeah, yeah. Spotting blue tack in official photos is always a fun game. As is as is spotting penises, which I can't remember which white dwarf it was. There was, a, there was a, so there was a guy who for years and years and years was trying to get a picture of a, a miniature in white dwarf or, or on any GW media with a cock drawn on it, um, and he finally pulled it off. I think it was about eighteen months ago. Oh yeah. Um, and they, it was it was just on a shield. Um, he just did a model and it was on the shield and they didn't pick up on it. And he got it in White Dwarf and he raged on Twitter for like two weeks. Like, look, I finally did it! Uh. <laughs> I can't remember the White Dwarf now. I'd love to be able to tell you. Well Hopefully done. someone's listening, he goes, I know exactly the one you're talking well about. Well done, humanity. That's definitely a win. Yes. Um, cool. On that very exciting bombshell, <laughs> um, I'll probably be back in like, yeah, I think we'll have an episode up maybe even next week. No, it'll be the week after. So yeah, we're back to two weeks schedule, I think. Pace ourselves, huh? 
No, just in terms of like the, the Inquisitor happening next oh, weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I don't know. Like, if we're we might play, even get content ahead of time. Maybe not ahead of time, but like if we're um, if we're playing Saturday Sunday, I think I'm going to be too excited to, and we'll be recording content during mm. the weekend. I think I'll be too excited to wait till the following Friday. Making a rod for your own back. Yeah, but you know, I know we've had Freedom Day, but it's not like my industry's open. So what else am I doing? Um, cool. So yeah, thanks again to uh, Jay uh, Channer for the music that I'm less consistently butchering and more consistently getting in kind of the right place these days. Um, XC23 Games have been great in supporting us recently um, and um, so go and check them out. There's obviously still a discount available to our listeners um, whilst this episode's live and I'll confirm again about uh, the following episode but it's Angel 2021. Um, 2021 is with the numbers not words and Angel has a capital A for that code to work. Um, so that's great. We will see you next time with Wizarder. And then after that, Barnhammer 3. Whoop, whoop. Very exciting. Whoop, whoop.